Okay, welcome to the latest episode of the Dan Time Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McArdle. DanTimePod at gmail.com is the email address at DanTimePod in the search bar of your favorite or current social media site, whichever one you're bouncing between. It's going to lead you to the page for this podcast. I'm sometimes doing a flurry of posts on those pages, sometimes not, uh, depending on the guest. Usually with songwriters, for instance, I'm trying to draw attention to a body of work or an album or various singles. So um, that's been a lot of fun and of special interest to me, the singer-songwriters and musicians. So I hope you've enjoyed those guests. There will be more to come. Photojournalist Andy Rice from Birmingham, Alabama, was my guest last week. Such a great catch-up with Andy, a guy that I've known but haven't spoken to in almost 25 years. Starting to feel old. Uh, Make sure you play that episode if you missed it last week. This week, we are keeping things in the magic city, Birmingham, Alabama. Now, I don't talk a lot about Birmingham on this show, but as you know, if you listen to the show, I don't talk a lot about me unless it's deep in the conversation. But Birmingham is where I spent most of my youth from about eight years old forward, spent all my 20s there, and I draw on so many memories from the Iron City, as it's also called. Dan Weinrib, remember that name, the very first Dan to appear on this podcast. He suggested that I reach out to his contact, Gerald Watkins. He said, you've got to have this guy on the show. So special thanks to Dan for the referral and much appreciation to Gerald for taking, making time in his very busy schedule to speak with me. When I say very busy, you're about to find out why. Because of Gerald Watkins and the Friends of Rickwood, folks, there's going to be a Major League Baseball game played this summer between the San Francisco Giants and the St. Louis Cardinals at historic Rickwood Field in Birmingham. Now, I won't go into too much detail because we cover a lot of it on this episode, but Rickwood Field in Birmingham, the oldest ballpark in the United States, will host a tribute to the Negro Leagues game on June 20th of this year. The game honors Willie Mays, an Alabama native, and at 92, widely considered to be the greatest living ball player. The game will be televised nationally on Fox. Gerald, who serves as chairman and executive director of Friends of Rickwood, dives into the history of Rickwood Field, all sorts of fun facts, the renovations that commenced last October and were necessary to accommodate this MLB game, and so much more. I had a great time talking with Gerald and especially towards the end, reminiscing about our favorite ball players, favorite movies. Take a listen. I think you'll enjoy it just as much as we did, and it brings you back in time. Speaking of time, all right, you know what time it is. Today, it is Gerald Watkins' time. Gerald, thank you so much for making time in your busy schedule to talk to me on this podcast. How are you today? Dan, I am great, and I appreciate you reaching out to me. Uh, I really enjoy being able to share the stories of Rickwood Field, and uh, I'm just uh, happy to be here, you might say. Thank you for having me, and I appreciate my good friend Dan Weinrib recommending uh, that we get together 
So hopefully we'll have a good informative conversation and uh, you just fire away and we'll, we'll take it from here. Well, first of all, Dan, and I'm sure you would agree, if someone was trying to find uh, somebody to say something bad about Dan Weinrib, they'd probably need to stop for lunch and, and uh, they'd probably need to stop and catch their breath if they're running all over town. You're not going to find anybody who's got anything bad to say about Dan. He's a special guy. And from what I understand, I don't know if he's is still involved uh, at the Rickwood Classic as a scoreboard operator. Well, we, we have had to put the Rickwood Classic on hold. And when we do reincorporate the classic, I'm sure if Dan wants to go out there and, and uh, handle the manual scoreboard, it's his job. It's his job to lose. <laughs> well, Gerald, um, you guys, everyone with Friends of Rickwood have just got to be elated um, that uh, over 30 years of this organization being in place and being there to protect Rickwood Field to, to be hosting a Major League Baseball game. This is the first of its kind in the state of Alabama, June 20th, 2024. The San Francisco Giants and St. Louis Cardinals will be playing a ball game at Rickwood Field. And some of my listeners may have been to the Rickwood Classic. Uh, Some have not. But, Gerald, just talk a little bit about that and what it takes to just get this, this place MLB ready. Well, Dan, it is a monumental task, no doubt. We started this process in early 2021. I reached out to uh, MLB uh, on three or four different occasions and uh, never really got any traction. And as luck would have it, a member of the Mississippi Braves came to visit Rickwood Field in August of 21. And as we were talking, He said, you ought to have a Field of Dreams game here. And I said, well, I'd love to. I've tried to get in touch with MLB, and uh, I haven't been uh, successful. Do you have any ideas? And he said, I know a lot of people. Let me make some calls. So this gentleman uh, worked for the Atlanta Braves, and he was in town visiting the Mississippi Braves. And his name was Doug Mancellino. And Doug was a, a huge baseball fan and a baseball lifer, as they called him. And he knew a lot of people, and he said, I think I could help you. So he reached out to MLB, and MLB in turn reached out to me, and they called, and uh, they came and visited the ballpark in October of 21 with the idea of uh, doing some special event. At that point in time, there was no name for it or real concept. It was just, let's take a look at America's oldest ballpark. Let's take a look at one of the last places where the Negro Leagues played as a home field and let's take a look at the place where Willie Mays and Satchel Paige and 180 other Hall of Famers have played. And so the visits continued from that point on and uh, it, we had to get the city of Birmingham involved because they actually own the park. We have a lease and we run the park. But we had to get the city involved because the uh, requirements that MLB would put upon us were much too great for us to handle on our uh, operating budget so we uh, reached out to the city we connected the city officials uh, myself some folks with the barons were involved in mlb and uh, we started talking seriously about what would uh, what would have to happen at the ballpark in order to have a big league game and also 
it's real important to note that we were we were put in the position of not being able to host the Rickwood Classic because of some of the deficiencies at the ballpark. And so MLB agreed that if we were to get all these things uh, repaired and renovated, if you will, that we could not only look at hosting the Rickwood Classic again, but the potential to have an MLB game. And so conversations continued for months on end. And uh, I can't really tell you the exact date that anything was finalized, but uh, conversations were continuing to take place. And finally, Major League Baseball said, uh, here are the conditions that you need to uh, take care of on the field. And if you can do that and get that done by a certain date, we can have an MLB game. So we started working on that. The great thing was the city saw the not only the benefit to Rickwood Field and keeping open America's oldest ballpark, but also the economic benefit of having a Major League Baseball game in Birmingham. And so all the uh, dominoes fell, and uh, here we are. We are uh, almost six months away. Construction started in October, and uh, it's it's been amazing. It's hard to imagine what has happened since October on the field, the uh, entire playing surface was dug up and removed. The irrigation system and uh, drainage system are being put in now. The dugouts are being built and there's a host of other things going on. So it's, uh, it's just amazing what has happened and what will continue to happen until uh, we get ready to play the game in June. And, Gerald, this is, uh, like you said, the oldest ballpark in the United States. And in 2020, it was actually designated a Major League Baseball ballpark. So it's you could really say it's the oldest MLB facility in the country. Built in 1910, our first game opening day was in 1910, 113, almost 114 years ago. It's got Fenway and Wrigley beat by a couple years, built of concrete and steel. It's just a classic early 20th century design. You're never going to see this again um, unless there's some retro version of it. But um, there's just nothing like this park. And 10 years after opening day 1910, Negro League Baseball began in 1920. And I guess that was originally the the Birmingham Stars, is that right? That's right. And then I guess another 10 or so years later, they were the Birmingham Black Barons and really considered to be major league caliber competition. Well, that's true. Unfortunately, the times being what they were, uh, African-American players and uh, white players were not allowed to play together. But the talent was there on both sides and – there was some tremendous ball players that played in the Negro Leagues that uh, didn't get the publicity and weren't nearly as well known as some of the white counterparts, but uh, they were very talented ball players nonetheless. And sometimes I think this gets glossed over where the Negro League players of that part of the 20th century, you know, number one, they've got the talent, but they're having to do a lot of this stuff with. You could say one hand tied behind their back. They're, they don't 
they may know where they're sleeping, but they're not getting the same accommodations on the road. They're not eating as well as their white counterparts. They're having to go out there and try to play ball and focus on catching a pop fly or throwing a ball from shortstop to first, and somebody's hurling insults at them. So they're putting up these numbers and playing at this high level with all of that noise and all of that uh, anxiety going on. Um, That, I think, I know it gets mentioned, but I wanted to point it out on this show. These guys are really legends, special legends of the game for performing at that level with all of that raining down on them. Well, that's very true. The stories of the long bus trips and the uh, inability to eat at restaurants and stay at nice hotels, all those things are, are, are horrid tales, but thank God they're in their past. And uh, the best thing we can do now is uh, pay tribute to those players whenever we can and and go forward. I had a chance. I used to have a consecutive game streak with the Rickwood Classic, I think going from 07 to maybe 12, and um, then moved to Pensacola, and I've been to the, I went to the 2019 Classic, and it was there that I just happened to sit next to James Cowboy Atterbury, who has since passed away. He was uh, with the Philadelphia Stars towards the end of the of the final years of the Negro League, and um, was scouted by Buck O'Neill, drafted by the Cubs, played in the California Angels organization, but that was something else. My buddy Jim and I, we just moved around during the game, and we just sat in another area of the ballpark and just happened to be sitting next to a legend of the Negro Leagues. You know, uh, Dan, there a lot of those Negro Leaguers came to the Classics, and uh, there were there were tons of guys that, that came and were here on a regular basis, like Jake Sanders and Henry Elmore, and they all have their stories, and it's a good thing that they're being remembered and uh, it's a tremendous thing that Major League Baseball was going to pay tribute to the Negro Leagues and uh, shine the light on those guys once more. And the greatest living player of all time, Willie Mays, the Say Hey Kid, at 17 years old, 1948, played for the Birmingham Black Barons and led them to the Negro World Series. I... Uh, did some further research, and Willie actually, as a young boy, his dad, who worked in the steel mills of Fairfield, would take him to, to ball games. But they had to sit in what was called the Negro Bleachers, which, as you can imagine, was not a desirable location, probably right in the hot sun, far away from home plate. But he fell in love with the game. His favorite player was Joe DiMaggio. Um, he got to watch Cool Papa Bell, Satchel Page. I thought that was so neat. And for Willie to still be around, and I I think I saw a quote when they announced this game was taking place in Birmingham at Rickwood. He said, I can't believe it. It was was just ecstatic. And do you have any updates on if the Say Hey Kid himself will be at this very special ball game? I know that the powers that be at MLB are working on that. A lot has to do with Willie's health. I am very, very hopeful that uh, he will be able to make it. We'll just have to keep our fingers crossed. And uh, we're only six months away, so let's let's hope that Willie is healthy and can travel. And his attendance here will, will be just, uh, it'll be the crowning glory 
to have him back and be here to celebrate that game and also just to bring new uh, attention to his career. Uh, Willie was tremendous, and, and most people who are baseball historians would rank Willie as number one, two, or three greatest baseball players of all time. And it just depends on your, your viewpoint or your perception, whether you like home runs or stolen bases or fielding or whatever. But Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and Willie Mays are generally thought to be the three greatest baseball players of all time. And who you put it first in that list is a personal choice, but Willie is right up there. And, Gerald, speaking of Ty Cobb, uh, for those of you listening uh, across the country, around the world, there were some movies filmed at Rickwood Field or over the years. Cobb was one of them, Soul of the Game, the Jackie Robinson film, 42, and then some other documentaries, I believe. Well, that's true. The 42 movie was the last big movie that was filmed here. And, of course, that was the story of Jackie Robinson. And uh, Chadwick Boseman played Jackie, and unfortunately, Chad has passed away. And prior to that, Soul of the Game, which was an HBO flick that was uh, never going to the big screen but TV only. And then uh, Cobb. And the Cobb movie basically saved the ballpark from, from ruin. The ballpark had been empty for several years, and the Friends of Rickwood were formed to try to save the ballpark. And getting the Friends of Rickwood together with uh, Ron Shelton and the Hollywood folks basically put the ballpark back in the condition that uh, it could be utilized for games. And the Friends of Rickwood have marketed it and kept it open and basically made it a destination point for baseball fans for many, many years. And uh, all those all those things probably wouldn't have happened without the Cobb movie coming because that brought attention to the ballpark. It brought money to the ballpark. And the rest, as they say, is history. So here we are uh, many, many years later on the cusp of having uh, what I consider the, the second biggest event in the history of the ballpark. The MLB game is second only to opening day when the ballpark was was first uh, open for play in August of 1910. I remember going to the 2010 Rickwood Classic, which was the centennial celebration, just a really special event. And at each one of the Rickwood Classics, which feature the Birmingham Barons versus a Southern League opponent, you pay tribute to a different era of that team, whoever the affiliate was. Sometimes um, it may be as far back as the 1910s or 20s, or as I think one game paid tribute to a, a 1983 Barons team in uniform uh, color scheme. And you always have some pretty high-profile guest. I got to, I didn't get his autograph, but I made eye contact with Sweet Lou Pinella. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan, so that was enough for me just to get a wave and a smile from uh, from Lou. But you've had Dale Murphy there. Run through some of the special guests that the Rickwood Classic has played host to. Well, I'm a big Yankee fan, so I have been fortunate enough to host Bucky Dent, Daryl Strawberry, Dwight Gooden, uh, we have had Tommy John. We've had Gaylord Perry. We've had a host of folks that have come to uh, celebrate the Rickwood Classic and uh, just bring additional attention to it and give something special to the fans because each of those autograph guests that you mentioned came and signed autographs for free. It was just our way of giving back to the fans. And uh, we're thankful that the Birmingham Barons partnered with us for so many years 
to make that happen. And um, there are a lot of memories from the Rickwood Classic, both for on the field activities and the things that happened behind the scenes. And a lot of Rickwood lore was developed during those times that the Rickwood Classic was ongoing. And we hope to uh, recapture that in years to come. Now, this year, it's, it's going to be a busy week. Uh, so the Classic, which is a lot of times, I think, on a Wednesday, is going to be on Tuesday, the 18th. Then I've heard some talk, and maybe you can confirm, or it's not yet solidified yet. There might be a celebrity softball game in between on, a, on that Wednesday. Uh, any news there? Well, first of all, there will be a minor league game between the Birmingham Barons and the Montgomery Biscuits on Tuesday, June the 18th. Now, Major League Baseball is running that, so it may have a name, but as of now, we don't know that it would be called the Rickwood Classic. So the Major League Baseball will handle that, and we'll know about that in due time. But it will be uh, 6 o'clock in the afternoon or evening. Then on the next day, on Wednesday, there is talk about a celebrity softball game. Details are not readily available at this point. They're still in the works. But we're told that if uh, if they do pull that off, there will be some really A-list talent here. Not necessarily baseball talent, but just star power to come in and make it uh, just a, a continuous week of baseball. And then the big event, of course, is June the 20th, and that will be the Giants versus the Cardinals. And we're hoping both of those teams make some good moves in the offseason and, and come in really strong. And put on a really good show for the fans in Birmingham and across the world because uh, Fox will be broadcasting that game to 55 countries. Although uh, the the crowd will not be nearly as big as uh, most of the baseball games the major leagues played, we will have a sellout, I'm sure, and it'll be somewhere between eight and 9,000 people. And by the way, just in case anyone's curious, we, the Friends of Rickwood, will not be selling or giving away tickets at any level. So uh, reach out to Major League Baseball, the Cardinals, or the Giants for any ticket request you have. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, as I'm sure as we get to March and April and certainly May, some phones will be lighting up and be somebody having to man those phones saying, no, let me. T- you need to reach out over here because it's going to be a hot ticket and everybody listening if you're a huge baseball fan like I am you'd obviously love to go to this game there's a a good chance you just may not be able to get into the game it's just that big of an occasion but the city of Birmingham and just being around the ballpark or taking in some of, of what Birmingham has to offer in the way of museums restaurants other attractions, I guess speak a little bit to, I I grew up there, I've been gone for about 10 years, but what's happening that might be fun for folks, or maybe they could, you know, if there is that softball game or um, the Barons and Biscuits contest, might be possible, but what are some things around town that might make a trip to Birmingham worthwhile? Well, if you're a baseball fan, I would point out the Negro Southern League Museum, I would point out the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. And, of course, Birmingham is a foodie town. There there are great restaurants here. If somebody is uh, coming to town and has time and wants to take in some of the natural sites, then there's always uh, Oak Mountain and Ruffner Mountain parks that uh, they can go to. Uh, Birmingham has a lot to offer. And uh, one of the best things about this 
major league game is that uh, people are going to see a new Birmingham, what they hear uh, over the, the uh, airwaves and what they see is going to be uh, totally different than maybe their perception. And we have guests here, Dan, all the time. Just yesterday, we had a couple that were here from San Francisco, and they were just wanting to see what the ballpark would look like. Uh, they don't anticipate they'll be able to get back for the game, but they just came to Birmingham for the sole purpose of seeing this ballpark and seeing where their beloved Giants are going to be playing in six months. And they'll take back some really nice stories about Birmingham. They love the tour that we were able to give them, although it was very limited. I know they had some food at some of our great restaurants. And there's a lot to offer here that people are not really aware of. And hopefully this ball game will shine a new light on the Birmingham area, not only from the baseball fans' perspective, but for the general tourists and, and folks that just want to come and uh, experience something, something else. And we look forward to having them. We, as a community, Birmingham is known for being just a great place for uh, tourists and, and people love being here. They always talk about how nice everyone is. And so we have a lot to, to show off. And uh, this ball game is going to give us a chance to do that. Yeah, it's a real family-friendly town. Whether you visit downtown, there's other nature activities, great restaurants all across downtown. Now, if folks want to land in Birmingham that week, is there an opportunity on Friday or the following Monday or Tuesday to tour the facility? Um, are there some closed off dates where there's not going to be, where it will not be accessible? Well, once the ball game is over, the uh, MLB folks and all the uh, associated vendors and the TV production area, all that stuff will begin to be taken down and moved off so i can't really say how available the ballpark will be two or three or four days after the game but if they can check our website and they can call we can give them some information that would be more relevant at that time but at this point at this point i can't say this production of hanging a major league game is huge and there will be probably three to five hundred people that will be part of just putting the game on and that's the Fox TV's folks, that's the concessionaires, that's everybody that'll play a part in putting on a big league game. And so there's going to be a lot of activities and a lot of people will be here. And I just can't say how quickly all of that will be broken down and moved away. But once it is, then Rick Wood will return to hosting uh, travel ball games. We have a home run derby. We have a fantasy camp, all those things that, uh, we've had in the past will continue. We just put everything on hold until after the big league game. So uh, I'm anticipating probably about July 1st, the ballpark will be open for visitors for sure. And uh, then we'll, we'll go on about our regular business. And Gerald also putting on uh, or getting the field MLB ready and everything that's been taking place since late October, all the construction going on. I'm sure that you're looking ahead to, 2025, 2026, this is not planned to be a one and done. I'm sure everyone with friends of Rickwood and other interests would love to make this an ongoing tradition, maybe. Well, Dan, we hope to have a second game. When the MLB did the Field of Dreams game in Iowa, they did two years. So we're hoping they'll do the same here. And I think what uh, what needs to happen is Birmingham 
as a city needs to rise up and show its hospitality. We need to handle the traffic, the security, all those things need to be done first class. And I'm sure they will, because as I said before, Birmingham has a way of showing its hospitality and rising to the occasion. The city has been great at every level, and I'm sure they'll continue to do that. They'll do their part. The Friends of Rickwood will will do ours, and everybody that uh, has a chance to be a part of it will do everything they can to make it a success. And if it is very successful, then we certainly hope MLB will come back. One of the other conditions is that uh, once MLB leaves, we have to keep the field up at major league quality. So we'll have to be uh, very careful about how many games we continue to play on the field. And we'll have to make, again, every effort to keep the ballpark in the same shape going forward as it will be by the time the MLB game comes. And we have people that are MLB associates and affiliates that are going to give us a, some consultation and advice on what to do and how to handle that. And so our very, very best hope is that we will have that game a second year. However, we're working on some other things. We have been speaking with folks uh, connected to Japanese baseball about having a, an exhibition game of Japanese teams to come in. We have been talking to the SWAC conference about having a SWAC uh, championship game. There are other things that we're going to have, and MLB has told us, uh, and I'm sure they've told other people as well, they are looking at ways to expand their reach and do things to grow the game. And so once they have our facility to their liking, they're going to give us an opportunity to host other things. And so this is just the beginning of a new era in Rickwood's history, and the MLB game is going to be special, and then there are going to be some very, very special events that happen after that. And and uh, not to be lost in this is our local teams. We are the home team for Miles College. Miles College plays about 20 games a year here, and once uh, 25 gets here and they start putting their schedule into play, they're going to have a field that will be the envy of college baseball all over the world. And that's going to be a great recruiting tool for Miles. It's going to bring – a lot of new eyes to the ballpark. I mean, it's going to be great. And then we'll still continue to have some high school games and we'll have a ton of travel ball games. And uh, again, people from all over the country have been coming to Rickwood for travel ball anyway, but when they get a chance to come and play on the oldest baseball park in America, but with the newest grounds, the newest baseball grass and infield dirt and all that, they're going to find it a spectacular place. And we're just going to have, we're going to have a, a stream of, interest in the ballpark that we never could have imagined without this MLB game. Well, you've just got to be so satisfied with what the organization Friends of Rickwood has been able to accomplish since 1992. It was 87 when the Birmingham Barons moved to the uh, Hoover Metropolitan Stadium. At that time, a, a wonderful complex, still is, multi-purpose facility, but there was those period of dormant years like you referred to early in the episode where if you all had not stepped in, it's really sad to imagine what might have happened to this baseball cathedral. I'm just, I feel gratified for you to, to be nearing this event and seeing this transformation. And I know I meant to make a plug here for Steve today's podcast, Leadership Lessons from the Negro Leagues. Folks, make sure you listen to that episode that Gerald Watkins appeared on. You talked about the irrigation upgrades, the turf upgrades, but also you had to kind of, as you said, grin and bear it with the old dugouts. 
coming off the field and uh, new dugouts being installed that can accommodate uh, Major League Baseball standards. I guess all in all, though, the totality of what's taking place there, how thrilled are you? Well, I can't I can't imagine what it would be like if we uh, if we hadn't done what has happened over the years, if the Friends of Rickwood were not formed to keep this park available and open. I can't imagine where we would be now, but I will say this. For the longest time, Birmingham had a tradition of uh, just doing away with old historic buildings, and we had a wonderful terminal building. You know, I remember going to that when I was a kid, and, you know, we let that get away. And I'm glad that the people with the Friends of Rickwood, the founders, got together when they did and said, we're not going to let that happen to Rickwood Field. And so their efforts have been followed up by a lot of different people who have joined our, our group over the years. And here we are. And uh, we're on the cusp of something really, really special. And people like like Dan Winerib and a lot of other folks have been out here painting and cleaning toilets and uh, picking up trash giving up many, many weekends for many, many years so that uh, someday we would be able to host something very special. And uh, I don't I don't think it was really ever imagined that it would get to the point where it is. I think everybody thought, oh, that would be cool. But uh, until they did the Field of Dreams game, nobody really thought about, about doing something like that here. Or if they did think about it, they didn't think about it seriously because why, why would they, why would MLB come here? But we gave them uh, all the education we could on the history of the ballpark and the legendary guys who played here, both in the Negro leagues and in the minor leagues and in the tons and tons and tons of exhibition games that have been played here. 182 Hall of Famers have played or coached on this field. And that's Babe Ruth and San Catchell Page and Jackie Robinson and Willie Mays and Carl Yastrzemski and all those guys. I mean, there are tons of people that played here. And I forgot to say Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, those guys played here. And being able to tell their stories and keep this park open and then get to the point where we are now, again, less than six months away from having a big league game here, it's an incredible story. And the friends of Rickwood, the founders of the, the group that uh, Dan and I are a part of, uh, really the community should take their hats off to the friends of Rickwood because without the efforts uh, of all those guys over the years, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today. And we are we are looking forward to a great future and the things that have been done to the ballpark uh, have changed the character a little bit. Yes, the dugouts are going to be different. But the dugouts have been changed three or four times over the course of 114 years. And so it's not it's not new to make changes. It's just people have grown accustomed to what we had. And when they see some of the new things, some people are going to wish that uh, it hadn't happened. But for the most part, it's just like like a lot of things. You have to accept change. And without change, we were uh, we were struggling. The city of Birmingham uh, has really been so huge in everything they've done. And then the corporate community, Alabama Power, Regions Bank, Blue Cross, Protective Life, Encompass, Asipco, all those companies have chipped in and have, uh, have made this possible. So without all those folks, we wouldn't be where we are today. And I just, I can't wait for June to get here and just see it all unfold before our very eyes. Birmingham is going to be 
the uh, the focal point for baseball fans across the world for a week, and uh, and we'll see what happens after that. Well, it is just a wonderful culmination of events, and people in the early 90s, I'm sure, must have been asking some of you guys, why are you doing this? Why is it worth it? Are you sure you want to take this on? Uh, there must have been some naysayers, but really an old ballpark like this, especially in Birmingham, well, historical sites preserve history. And if they're still standing and you can still look at it and walk through it, then you're you're in touch with the past. And the civil rights history in Birmingham needs to be preserved. It's uh, the Birmingham Black Barons history needs to be preserved. You can go online and read about things, but it, it's no substitute for actually being able to walk into and experience something like Rickwood Field. It, it truly is. You know, I've been to Wrigley Field and Fenway Park. It's a very moving experience when you walk into an old ballpark like that, but Rickwood Field, it's just something magical. Would you agree, though, that the when people ask, why would you do this going way back 30 years? And the answer is, I think, is is to protect history and to, to remind people that these teams existed, these players existed. And, and actually, like you said, with Miles College and the ball players who play there, the players who will sign with Miles versus another school, um, this is changing lives. Well, it can be. It certainly can be. And, and one thing I like to I like to share whenever I can, Dan, is the people, the people that I meet, and and not only me, but the other members of the Friends of Rickwood, the people that we meet throughout the year who come here, and they walk in, and they're just amazed that they can get that close, that they can walk out on that field, and we're we're very, very open about the uh, the ballpark. We we let people come out and and borrow old gloves from the 1930s and 40s and play catch on our field. And those kind of things, those make memories just like the memories that I had and many of the Friends of Rickwood members had when they were coming here as kids. I mean, we saw Reggie Jackson play. We saw, uh, gosh, Gene Tennyson, Bobby Brooks, and we saw Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire play here. We saw... We saw all those people, and that's a part of our childhood that we don't want to give away. And so we're able to revisit that anytime we come on the field. And it's just so much history, as you said. And when you walk out there and you can stand in the batter's box and have your picture made, or you can walk out by the big scoreboard, and you can imagine that you're standing on the same on the same field as all those greats. And it's just a, an experience that you can't get anywhere else. I mean, Yankee Stadium is great. Dodger Stadium is great, but how many how many fans can actually go out on the mound and say they they got to pitch where Satchel Paige did or something like that? It's just it's a great experience. I am blessed to be a part of it, and the the people that I have met and the people that are part of our group here, the Friends of Rickwood, have made this uh, such a rewarding experience. And gosh, I may have mentioned earlier we've had guests from 28 states and eight or nine foreign countries this year, including New Zealand and Japan. This place is like a magnet. It draws you in, and once you're here, you just you become a part of the history. And it's just something we know we're going to be able to continue for a long time to come since the city of Birmingham has stepped up so big, along with our corporate partners, to make the field readily available for 
continual play and visitors for the next many, many years. Now, I know we're running out of time here, but a couple things I want to cover. Make sure that I uh, plug here. We mentioned rickwood.com, the website. Anybody can become a member, and there's different membership levels. So if you can contribute 25 bucks, you still get a certificate and a sticker. You can contribute on up uh, 50 100 $500. Uh, there's various levels, but make sure to visit rickwood.com. Very easy site to navigate. Tab over to Donate. Uh, or membership levels. Now, just speaking about your interest in the game, growing up as a little kid, I, I know that you you and your brother uh, read about your experience with Charlie Finley's A's, and he got it's, it's a remarkable story. I think your little brother, Charlie, actually picked him up and carried him into the dugout. And talk about that for just a second. Then I also want to ask you about the uh, the Yankees-Legends game. Well, it, it was actually an exhibition game, and uh, it was the Baltimore Orioles. And so I brought my brother here, my younger brother, who was 10 years old, and we had seats right next to the dugout. Well, I, I said, told my I little, said uh, Charlie Finley. I think I misspoke. Yeah. It was, uh... okay, that's okay. So there was the Orioles, and uh, there was an exhibition game, and I left my little brother in the seat to go get a – hot dog and coke and what have you when i came back he was gone and i freaked out some people <laughs> sitting around said oh look he's on the field and and uh, earl weaver the manager of the orioles at the time had uh, picked up my little brother lifted him over the fence and he was on the field in the dugouts with gosh brooks robinson uh i can't even remember all the players but uh he was in there getting autographs and uh just had no idea what he was doing. Um, and, uh, Earl Weaver saw me and got my little brother and put him back in the seat and just a, a memory I'll, I'll never forget. And uh, it's just one of the, the many memories that uh, I share with people and people share their stories with me about Rickwood Field. And it just makes it so special. And I was a baseball fan from the moment I crawled out of the crib, I guess. I don't ever remember not being a fan. I played little league ball. I collected cards, uh, played sandlot ball, probably a lot more sandlot ball than I ever did just little league ball, but I always loved the game. I watched it on TV. I read everything I could read about it and, um, probably did every book report on baseball players that I could back in grade school <laughs> and, uh, just continued to be a fan over the years. And, uh, I've been very fortunate to have a lot of experiences that I, I, I could share. I, I don't have time for all of that, but uh, in about 2015, my wife and I went to a, uh, a charity fundraiser that was put on by Chris Hammond, former big league ball player. And Chris has become a friend over the years and I think the world of him. But one of the prizes in the auction was a chance to go and play in a, uh, an exhibition game with members of the uh, New York Yankees retired members, of course, and uh, my wife did and won the opportunity for me to go to that game. And so uh, I went to Scranton, Pennsylvania. I took my son with me. And on Father's Day of 2015, I got to suit up and uh, actually play in a, uh, a game on their minor league field there in Scranton. And um, the Yankee uh, legends were there. Reggie Jackson was there. Don Larson, who pitched the perfect game in 1956. Bucky Dent, Chris Chambliss, Joe Pepitone, Bobby Richardson, John Montefusco. And, I mean, there were 
30 or 35 former Yankees, and then there were four civilians, myself and three others. We each got to play in the game, played the entire six innings before 9,000 people. I was blessed to get a hit. Also grounded into a double play, caught two flies in the outfield, uh, wore number 44 and lockered and sat next to Ridge Jackson. Uh, it was uh, it, almost something that could have happened only on Fantasy Island, but it, it happened to me, and thanks to my wife, I got to do something that uh, was so special that I'll uh, I'll never forget it. And uh, it's funny that uh, in the years after that, uh, Bucky Dent came to the Rickwood Classic, and I reminded Bucky that we had played together, and uh, he said he remembered, and I took him at his word. So uh, it was a great experience. <laughs> One of many great experiences I've had being a part of the game of baseball. And uh, it's a game that uh, you can play no matter how old you are or how big you are or how fast you are, how strong you are. You can play baseball at some level. And I continue to uh, to throw the ball around uh, every chance I get and just uh, encourage everybody else to uh, to just enjoy the game. Don't worry about the time clock don't worry about the way the game has changed just enjoy the game because it's still played between the white lines it's still throwing and hitting and catching and uh it's just the most wonderful game in the world well i i concur wholeheartedly even the 2019 classic me and my buddy jim like you said you can go down on the field after the game i was running the bases like i was 10 years old i actually got jim to take a video of me and we got some guy that we didn't even know to pretend like he was the third base coach waving me home. And we got that in the video. It was uh, pretty comical. But just like you said, play and catch. You never get tired of just putting that glove on. And if if you've still got a little bit of arm strength throwing the ball around, especially with someone that's special to you, whether it's your dad, a brother, a sister, you just never get tired of that. In that Legends game, I imagine you're getting to swing a wooden bat and crack the ball, is that right? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't have had it any other way. Uh, everything was just... Uh, You're in, it in was full just, uniform. It, absolutely. And uh, when I, I had number 44, and uh, when the game was over, I got Reggie Jackson to sign my jersey, and it uh, hangs proudly uh, in my man cave at home. Now, Gerald... Just a couple quick baseball questions. Is there a movie? I know we talked about the ones filmed at Rickwood, but do you have a baseball movie that is so special to you and you might actually well up a little bit watching certain moments of the movie? I've got an answer, but what's your favorite baseball film of all time? I really love The Natural, but for some reason, a baseball movie that really struck a chord with me was For the Love of the Game. And uh, that's Kevin Costner. And I always appreciated Kevin Costner doing baseball movies because he, for a Hollywood guy, he could play and he looked real. And so uh, those two, and then, of course, uh, gosh, Field of Dreams is wonderful. But uh, you put him in a hat and pick one out and and turn it on, and I'll watch whatever shows up. I think for the love of the game because, uh, you know, it, it really does resonate with, with how much the game can get inside of you and how much it means on so many levels. And, uh, you know, maybe one day they'll make another good baseball movie. We'll see. I need to go back and watch some of those older ones. 
I really, when I was a little kid, my dad wouldn't let me watch Bull Durham. I think he saw it in the theaters. It's not that racy, but maybe a little more adult-themed. But I do like Bull Durham now, and The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Just a really unique story there. And, and since you brought it up, the, the uh, 61, the story of uh, Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle's historic year was wonderful, and The Bronx is Burning, which uh, mixes in culture and current events along with the uh, tumultuous period of Reggie Jackson's uh, era in uh, New York. So uh, there's a lot of good good movies out there. Some are not so good, but I think if they if they portray baseball action, in a uh, believable way that really helps and uh, obviously there are lots of good stories surrounding baseball and it's just a matter of who tells it and how they tell it to make it appealing and did you i'm sure you probably did collect baseball cards as a kid and if so do you have some of your original cards still in your collection i have them all dan all right for some reason or another i i never wanted to let them go or get rid of them and the ones I collected as a kid, I still have, and they, they are very dear to my heart. When you were a kid and you opened the baseball card pack with the gum, did you chew the gum? Did you like it, or did you discard it? That's something that kids well, these days, they don't have the that super hard stick of pink gum anymore. But <laughs> Oh, I absolutely chewed it. <laughs> and I, put the, uh, I put the cards in the shoebox, and... Uh, Thank goodness I didn't put rubber bands around them, so the ones I have from that era are still in pretty good shape. Okay, and then finally, favorite Yankee of all time. You've probably you've probably mentioned it, but all-time favorite Yankee, and then maybe a current Yankee that you like watching. Well, like a lot of people who are my age, born in the 50s, Mickey Mantle is my favorite Yankee of all time. And uh, really, no one is close. Now, I, I tend to pick a different period and having a different Yankee from each period. Obviously, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle. After Mickey, Reggie Jackson was my favorite Yankee. And then Derek Jeter. Now I guess it would be Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole. So it's just uh, whatever the era is, there's going to be different players with different skills. You're going to know different things about them. But Mickey Mantle was the uh, idol for so many kids growing up in the 60s. And just like... um, Derek Jeter is the idol of so many kids that grew up in the late 90s and the 2000s. And so it's just a matter of the era. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really dwell on, uh, on one uh, beyond Mickey Mantle. But Mickey was the first huge, huge TV baseball star, I guess. And, uh, you know, the name sounded so cool and the prodigious long home runs and, and the stories of his playing with pain and all that. All those things just uh, combined to make – Mickey, almost a mythical figure for myself and millions of other boys. And so it's hard to top Mickey. So I agree. What about who was your favorite? Uh, my favorite, well, growing up a Cubs fan, I kind of alternated. Now, this would have been the late 80s, early 90s. So I love Ryan Sandberg, Mark Grace, Andre Dawson, and then into the 90s. I mean, Sosa, Sammy Sosa, of course. You know, you, now you're starting to get into the steroid era there and uh but I, I do still like Sammy Sosa. Greg Maddox played of course with Atlanta and Chicago. Kerry Wood. It's hard for me to pin it down. Mark Grace, I really I really enjoyed watching him play. He was one of the few modern players that I don't think he ever wore batting gloves. I'm not really sure why. 
Um, but if you go back and watch highlights of Mark Grace, I loved his stance, even though I was a righty and he's a lefty. I, I remember being a kid, and I'm sure you do too, did you try to emulate the stance of your favorite player when you were playing? I'd try to do it with Dawson also because he would kick the left leg out. I never really did that. Mickey Mantle, of course, he had a very classic stance. There was nothing tricky or new or weird about it. So uh, I, I never really tried to copy him. I just, uh, when I played ball, I just kind of developed my own and there was nothing special about it. But there was nothing special about Mickey's. Mickey was uh, very traditional, very, very uh, fundamentally sound in every way. And so, uh, Nothing like uh, some of the guys. Stan Musial had a very un uncharacteristic stance, or a few, a few others. But uh, for that part, I didn't really do anything different. Yeah, and I also like Bob Gibson. If just going back to players who played well before my time, so dominant. Wish I could have seen Satchel Paige throw. I mean, he from what, everything I read, he just made people look silly, and just had his way with hitters, and well into his forties. Um, folks listening, do some light reading on Satchel Page. I don't even think he reached the big leagues until his late 40s or something like that. It's it's just amazing what he accomplished. And Babe Ruth, I, like you said, doing book reports, if you had a chance to do it on the ball player, you did. I was so fascinated with Babe Ruth and still am. That's what makes being a baseball fan so much fun, like we've talked about on this episode the history of baseball, it's so compelling. It's, you know, it's not like the NFL's history is not compelling or the NBA or NHL, but there's something about baseball that it just, you dive into it more often. You want to check into it. You're, you're nostalgic all the time with baseball. It's just a wonderful sport, hobby, fascination, whatever you want to call it. I could talk baseball for half the day, but we can't do a, a four-hour episode. But, Gerald, I have so enjoyed this conversation. I hope you have, too. I have, Dan. And uh, just like you said, I love talking baseball, and I would be talking about it all day long and into the night if I could. And, uh, you know, that's one of the best things about being here at Rickwood Field is I get to do that every day. Well, I look forward to seeing you, and um, whether it's this summer – or 2025, I believe there's great things to come at Rickwood Field. And folks listening, just circle Birmingham, Alabama on your map. Or put a note in. It's a city you need to visit, and this is an event that you won't want to miss, even if you just see it on TV. I'm so thrilled that this is happening in the, the city that I grew up in. It's going to be special, and uh, you know, once the ball game is over, if you don't get a chance to see the park, during one of those three days, come out. We'll make you make you feel very welcome, and you'll enjoy the visit, I promise. And there's no cost to it. You know, it's one of the few things you can do and enjoy as much as, uh, as possible, and it's totally free. Well, Gerald, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to promote or plug that we haven't covered? Well, I'll just say this. Uh, we have a website, and we have a web store. We have some really cool merchandise. Uh, we have a very limited edition shirt right now and it reads MLB is coming to BHM so uh, we have a very limited number of those and when they're gone they're gone so uh, if anyone is interested they can reach out 
by email, text, or telephone, or they can drop by during the week from 10 till uh, 4 and uh, check us out. And uh, anything that anybody does, uh, spending money at Rickwood Field, buying merchandise or anything else, all of those things are uh, in support of uh, the 501c3 Friends of Rickwood Field. So we appreciate any kind of help. And uh, more than anything else, tell people about us and enjoy the, your time at the ballpark. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Dan Time with a very special guest, Gerald Watkins, the chairman and executive director of the Friends of Rickwood organization, rickwood.com, R-I-C-K-W-O-O-D. Check it out. And remember, you're never too old to put a glove on your non-throwing hand, put a bat in your hands. Sometimes mobility becomes a problem. Sometimes the arm strength just isn't there. But if you can still do it, If you can still do it, find someone to go play catch with and make sure, whether it's this year or a future year, you visit Birmingham, Alabama, Rickwood Field. Check it out, and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Make sure to make a a difference in somebody's life this week and into the new year. I forgot to tell you, Gerald, happy new year. Happy 2024. What an exciting year uh, for, for your organization. Well, thank you. Happy new year to you too. And, uh, to all the folks out there listening, uh, I hope to see you at the ballpark. All right. Thank you, Gerald. I hope that in the future we can reconnect and do another baseball themed episode. Dan, anytime, anytime. And it's good to connect with you and let's stay in touch. Okay. All right. If you love that episode, if you're enjoying the Dan Time podcast, be sure to download and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I appreciate you as a listener. Hope you have a great week. I'll see you next Sunday.